Hi, everyone. Thanks for joining me on my Elevate podcast. So in addition to the awesome interviews, a few times a week, I come on here just to share some quick thoughts and tips I think will really help you in a practical way, either your business, your mindset, or even your health. So while you're waiting for your Starbucks or picking up the kids or maybe just brushing your teeth, these are good quick hits to help you get on your way. Hey, everybody. Happy Friday. I am on here to share a little bit of my experience of some good news, good stories that are happening in today's market at a time where there's a lot of talk about, I can't get this listing to move, I can't get this house to rent, et cetera, et cetera. And I want to just really simplify it for you and explain some of the things that I'm personally doing and that I'm seeing success with. Um, And hopefully you can take some of that away and apply it to your own portfolio or your clients' homes and and help them move these properties, whether it to be for sale or for rent, a little bit faster, a little bit easier, um, and and just and just see a higher conversion of success in today's market. So, two stories that I want to share really quick. Number one is I have a property that um, I recently placed in my rental portfolio. It is a property that I bought and remodeled. And as we all know, because we all follow the numbers, rental rates are actually declining in Phoenix. Um, time on market is longer. You know, the rental market's getting a little softer. Um, but I decided to push the market. I decided to actually go above comps and see what would happen. And spoiler alert, I had multiple applications on this property and I'm actually being very choosy about it right now, um, about who I want to be in there. But I want to share with you some of the things that I did Uh, that are so simple to actually move that property quicker and faster. So number one, in a market that's competitive, obviously you need to have something that stands out. Mediocrity is no longer the game. Unless you're just playing the totally bottom of the market, hey, good luck finding something else to rent at this price, buddy, game. People have options now. And so you have to think of your properties like you are a retailer or selling something where display, smell, sound, sight, all the things, they really, really matter now. Yes, even on a rental property. So goodbye are the days of taking some snaps on your iPhone and throwing it up online and being like, let's see what happens. So for this particular property that I leased above price, um, obviously it was newer, that helps but I went the extra mile. So this might sound absolutely insane, but I staged my rental property. I personally staged it with tasteful staging things, not like, let me throw a towel over here and see what happens. The reason I did that is because it's more modern and modern homes can feel really cold when they're unfurnished. They can feel unwelcoming and stark and I didn't want them to feel that way in the photos. I didn't want them to feel that way when people walked in. So I spent almost $1,000 and I staged, lightly staged this property. It was mostly things in the kitchen and the bathrooms to make it feel more warming and welcoming, and it was very thoughtfully and tastefully done. Now, I kept the receipts. I personally do not believe in keeping a lot of staging items anymore unless you are just running through tons of properties. There was a time in my life I had three storage units full of shit uh, for furnishing and, and staging. I no longer do that. I just actually emptied out my last storage unit a few months ago. So now I know that trends change too quick. The speed of the market's fast and I am not staging everything. I'm not staging a property a month right now. That's just not my flow, particularly with the market being softer. I'm being way more conservative in my purchases. I'm slowing things way way down for right now. So that was a lot to say. 
just to tell you that I purchased the items, I kept the receipts, and from a lot of them that you know just don't make sense, I will be returning most of that stuff. Sorry to World Market and a few things that they came from, but that's just the truth. So it's staged. Number two, I got professional photos. Yes, for a rental. It's a hundred and something bucks, guys. It is not a big deal. This particular rental that I just listed is for $3,600 a month. I think I can spend $100 to get a tenant in there right away at my list price, which is above market. So the photos are beautiful. They look professional. It's amazing. I also went in and did a lot of little tiny things. So you know what? I spent a little extra money on the landscaping, cleaned that up, made it look a little bit better. Um, I actually went in and made sure that the scent in the house was really good, did some things around that. So I treated this rental property like it was an actual listing. And here's what happened. It's in an area that is a nicer area for sure, but the quality of the applicants I have gotten are so good. These people have 800 credit scores and the feedback is, you know what? I was tired of looking at stuff that looked like everything else it, or smelled bad or they didn't even care or like, oh my gosh, if they can't even take a decent photo, what kind of landlord are they gonna be? These things matter. It's really easy for agents and investors to get really tight with their money and not give a shit and not do the little things. But I am telling you the caliber of the tenant that you put into your properties, especially in a shifting market, when they have choices, if you want the best and you want to have a good relationship, you need to put the best of it forward. Treat these rentals like they are your, your storefront. Make them as good as they can possibly be. And yeah, you might need to spend a little extra money, but I think this is where landlords get very short-sighted is they think, oh my gosh, if I spend $3,000, it's going to take me forever to recoup that money. Well, is it? How many mortgage payments or hard money payments or whatever debt you have on it, if you have debt, are you going to make while you're waiting for the perfect tenant to show up? And secondly, if you get somebody phenomenal into your place, how much money are you going to save from turning that property over once every year? They will stay for years. So invest up front. It's like I always say on rentals, pay now or pay later. I would rather pay now. And that means fixing things, updating things, marketing things, doing it really right the first time to get the right people in. My average tenants stay for at least three years. Many of them stay longer. And the reason for that is because they give them a good product and they just really want to stay. Okay. So that's on the rental side. On the sales side, I also just sold a property. It was several million dollars and it was in a market segment of our local market here that has a 10 month supply. We sold it in one day. I sold it for cash and I sold it for above list price. Again, why? What was different? Well, there was a lot of prep work that went into it. Again, long are gone are the days of like, well, I'll put a sign in the yard and wait for the offers to come in. We all know this. And I know there's a lot of talk around offering concessions and doing all these other things. And that can be very, very important depending on which market segment you're in. But the other thing is, what can you do to remove any obstacle from that buyer's eyes when they walk in? In this case, I hired a guy to come out and fix some stucco stuff. It was right on the entryway. Was it the end of the world? No, but I wanted the perception to be not that, well, those people didn't take care of that. I didn't even want there to be anything that was a hindrance. So we did that, hired paint, came in and did paint touch up all over the house, fixed some minor things, had the landscapers out to make sure everything was tip top right before we went on market. Also did things with the, with the pool guy, the fountain guy. I mean, there was a lot of prep work done. I had photos shot. 
I didn't feel that the photos were as phenomenal as they should have been. And guess what? I used a different photographer. I, I got a total reshoot. I spent an extra, however many that much money that was, they're expensive on those kind of listings, and reshot it. Then the other hindrance is people can get confused about uh, floor plans in this price point. I spent a ton of money. I got the floor plan made. I actually had somebody come out and do a site plan. I gave all that information up front. I tried to make it so that there would be absolutely no obstacle or no hindrance that a buyer could find coming into the house. We spent extra time to get the surround sound going. We made sure the music was right. We did all of these things in addition to pricing it properly to make that property so good that when it first hit the market, that everybody that's been out there circling in the wings, when they walked in, there was no doubt in their mind that it was the best thing right now, right at that moment. You get one bite at the apple. When a property ages out, it is much, much harder. The negotiations get deeper. Everybody knows that you've been sitting there for three weeks, three months, six months, and you better believe they're not coming in at full price. So the people that are going to see that property in the first 24, 48, 36 hours are people that have been specifically waiting for something new and fresh to come in. You have to convince them that in spite of the market having a lot of options, that in spite of interest rates being where they are, that this thing looks so good compared to everything else that they have seen out there in their price point, that they would be a fool not to jump on it. That's what you're trying to do. You're overcoming the psychology of the buyers right now that think something better might come along. I don't know if the interest rate warrants me buying this right now. I'm unsure. You have to take the indecision out of their mind and make it so good that they're like, you know what? I don't want to miss this. It, it, it overshadows any doubts they might have about market timing. So those are two success stories that I've just had recently and what I did. It really is about going the extra mile. It's about leaving no stone unturned about what you can do to make that property the absolute most welcoming, most best, appealing to all the senses, sight, sound if there's music, smell, visuals for the, for the engineering types, space planning, clearly, clearly, explaining what the spaces are for or how they could be used. In this particular house, there was a a bonus room space that a lot of people would get caught up on. Like, I don't understand why the house is like this. So I would make sure as those showings were coming through, and yes, I pushed the showings all to a weekend so that everybody would come through the same time. So I would have as much opportunity as possible to interface with the agents and their clients and anybody else that came in to walk them through the space and tell them, hey, this is what's so cool about this bonus space. Here's three different things that it's either been used as or one that I would use it as. And they're like, wow, it became a potential like stumbling block or a liability into a true asset where they're like, wow, that's a really cool thing. Yeah, that's, I think, what we would do with this. So I hope these ideas help. Just keeping in mind, number one, you have to be the best looking for the price, period. Period. So what do you need to do to make that happen? Number two, you need to be the best presented. You need to have the best photos. You need to have the best visuals. You need to have the best smell in the house. If the house has a funky smell, do not put that thing on the market until it is taken care of. If there is repairs that need to be made, anything that's gonna keep people from like stumbling over, this is not for distressed properties, obviously. This is for normal sellers. They need to be taken care of up front. 
For those of you that have sellers that do not have the ability to do that, maybe you can work something out in your listing agreement. Uh, maybe you make the repairs and you put a lien on the property. I don't know. Talk to your broker. But there are ways that you can work around that. There are actually even companies out there that will do the repairs and get paid through closing. So make sure that it shows up beautiful as best as possible and then see what happens. This is not a time to wait for people come through with offers and then we'll figure it out later and oh, they'll just ask for that to be repaired anyways. No. The idea is to get people on the hook and get them so excited that they write the offer because they don't want to miss out. So I hope that these tips help you. Be the best, move them the quickest. There are still lots of houses selling and renting in our market right now, even in the shifting market. But what you'll notice is these are the best of the best. The best always moves, always. All right, you guys, have a good rest of your weekend. If this helps, please let me know. Always be willing to share it with somebody you know that might find value. And I look forward to talking to you next week. Thanks so much for joining me on my Elevate Quick Thoughts. If this spoke to you, I would be so grateful for you to give me a quick review. And even better, if you would share it with a friend. I'm here three times a week, so I look forward to catching up with you on the next one. See you soon.